0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Colin, you got your uh, you got your wedding this week. Do you want to guess what I got you as a present?
1: Uh, you're not coming anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I set myself up for that. Uh if that's got what him. you want,
0: if that's what you want, then uh
1: just then I'll, I'll don't stay away dunked that on you and hit a hit a hit a home run off of you and what's uh what's another meta- sports metaphor here that we can throw in to piss mike off
0: hmm, i don't know i don't hold know. a strike you <laughs> really dug deep for that one
1: <laughs> i did yeah <laughs> i've now because you said that i'm going to object when they ask oh that's that's fine you, you can do that all you want that's cool we'll uh we'll throw you out okay fair enough Fair enough.
0: Uh, it's definitely not a toaster. So don't ask toaster. Um, so that's good. We didn't put a toaster on the
1: registry. Oh, well, now I feel like although, because although Becca, the toaster. <laughs> Becca did just say, though, she's like, I didn't put a red toaster on our registry because I want to wait until we move to like an actual house. She's like, but I really want a four bread toaster. So did you get one of those for us? <laughs> you to spend
0: that kind of cash on a four <laughs> on one that can do four pieces of toast at one time. No. No Zero chance. I no, like no. that. I like that in her mind. Like the the toaster is like the thing that gets the upgrade when you like
1: move to a different place. <laughs> we don't have the space for it Ooh, right now. That's the thing. Fancy, we don't have the counter space. Fancy toaster. Fancy <laughs> fancy toaster. Uh,
0: so you're gonna be gone for the next couple of weeks. I've I've got some good shows lined up. but uh, I've in, heard your absence. So you
1: have you have mentioned that.
0: You have yeah, mentioned I think, that. I think the people are gonna be happy. Uh, with what i've got and like the time that i was away for a few weeks maybe people aren't going to want you
1: back after this they might just
0: be so used to these amazing guests that i have
1: on i mean we'll see we'll see i think that people will miss me and my sparkling personality and the energy that i bring more than what they missed from you but we'll see i mean How, how would you
0: describe the energy that you bring colin
1: I just I think didn't I just say sparkling well a sparkling personality but yeah I think the the energy that I bring the vibes that I bring is is good vibes okay you really dug deep for that I did I did yeah Yeah. the you? um so we I asked you about this the other day I told you guys about that show did you watch jury duty yet
0: no, I haven't yet. Oh, okay. um, I I mean, we had like I, three NIL meetings today. With right, members. right. We've got a couple tomorrow. I'm recording a right. show. I'm okay. going to get to it though here in the next. Uh, yeah. This is a crazy week too. Cause we've got, we're seeing blink 182 live on Wednesday. Oh, nice. forgot about that. Thursday. I I never say this on shows and stuff. I, I'll, I guess I'll say it here. It's my birthday Thursday. So we're doing <gasps> birthday dinner and stuff. Yeah. Nice. And nice. then Friday I have to drive out to Eastern Pennsylvania cause some is getting married. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then to spend Saturday there too. Yeah, busy week. Yeah, busy yeah. Week. yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so just where I was going with that, the guy in that show, um, who's like the one who doesn't realize it's all all a bunch of actors around him. I'm gonna um, cut all of this just so you know. That's fine. He is <laughs> a perfect straight man for com like for comedy's sake. So he was great for that role. That's how I would describe myself. You're I feel like man. I would. I feel like I would be good in that role in the show, jury duty. And I feel like I play that role here too.
0: I, I supply the zany hijinks. Is that, is that the relationship here?
1: Yeah, basically. Okay. I, that's exactly how I would describe you. Zany, unkempt, I'm wild card. Looking great tonight. I might even <laughs> wear my glasses. I got my contacts <laughs> on. I showed up
0: freaking ready for this sucker. Wild card. I know, seriously. All right, well, let, let's talk uh, Let's talk some football here. It, it is supplemental draft season, really May through July are, are the key months. Last week we talked how we're kind of approaching the first five rounds, players from each round, at least according to our ADP, that we don't want to leave rounds without. They're, they're kind of our targets in each round. Uh, we kind of talked about the tiers in the first round and a half as well, because I think that's really important not all first round picks obviously just like if you're familiar with rookie drafts or anything else are created equally so if you haven't listened to that episode you don't need to have listened to it to listen to get what we're talking about here today but if you want to kind of get a full idea of kind of our overarching draft strategy specific to this year with the specific players in the player pool that you're probably going to be seeing then i would go And check out last week's episode. I would also go ahead and listen to this week's Chasing the Natty. Uh, Jared was away. So the inmates were running the asylum. We had Justice and Ethan Sowers on. And they talk all supplemental stuff. Uh, Some uh, names that are available in CFF leagues. But if they're available in CFF leagues, guys, they're probably available in your C2C leagues as well. So uh, a really good listen there to supplement what we're talking about today. We'll try not to talk about too many of the names that they talk about because obviously... We don't want to give you three hours of content that is virtually identical here this week. But we did go through, and we're we're talking about the middle rounds today. So rounds six through ten-ish kind of varies depending on the league and how many teams are in it. What we're going to talk about is basically kind of how we're fumbling our way through those rounds this year. The freshmen that we're kind of targeting that aren't going in the first five rounds. And again, we listed the top 60 that are going last week. So if you want to go back and listen... I'm not going to read 60 straight names to you. That sounds awful. Um, But go ahead and check that out. So we've got some freshmen here. We've got some CFF options that we think are worth taking relatively early. You know, they're like the key CFF guys that are going to be available. And then some of those guys that carried over from last year that are probably worth taking in the first five rounds, they're names that you need to be aware of, and you should probably have them in your list. So that's kind of the direction that the show is going to go today. Before we do that, Colin, I, th- I think we have to do housekeeping, though, so we don't do it at the end. Okay. Let's check hard. out campus Debbie Guide came out uh, about two weeks ago at this point. $20. Certain members get it for free along with their membership. Go ahead, check your email inboxes. Let us know if you haven't found it yet. Colin's going to be away on his honeymoon, and none of us know how to work the website at all. So the sooner you do that, the better. Otherwise, you're going to be Colin has told me that his fiance will kill him if he's on his computer uh, yes. doing customer service stuff while they're on, on their honeymoon. So uh, there is that. As the this Fresh and Supplemental Guide is available as well. $20. Again, that one came out March 1st. If you haven't figured out that you get that one for free by now, I don't know how I can help you. If you're an NIL member, we are doing our one-on-one hour-long meetings with you. We have a sign-up sheet in our Discord, so go ahead, hop in there. There's like a hundred and something of UNL folks in there. I know there's there's some of you that aren't in there as well. So if this sounds appealing to you, that's the way to get in. Sign up. You, you basically fill out the form. We email you. We say that let, let, let's get you set up with a time slot. They've been going really well. We've already had two today. I have one after we record this. We're really moving through them, but they're they're um, I, it's really fun to meet everybody face to face. And just talk football and their teams and how we can improve campusdecant.com, all of those things. So if you're an NIL member, don't miss out on that. Even if you don't want to talk about your teams at all. Maybe you just want to bitch about something that you don't like at the site. We'll listen to it for an hour. I'll probably block you on
1: Twitter <laughs> after, but I will listen to you for an hour. So all right. I don't know if I'd advertise advertise that. You might you might get some people now who just want to complain.
0: I, and then I do they're gone. I, maybe I'll even kick them from the discord. They can, you know, it's my company, I can do what I want. <laughs> um, Well, it's our company, but okay. Know, Thank you. Thank you. Like I'm selling everything. I, I can do what I want. All right. Middle rounds. <laughs> ADP here. Last week we talked about some names. Uh, we talked. We gave out three names after we talked about our top, the top sixty, the top, the the first five rounds. The guys that aren't going yet. We talked about Austin Mack, the quarterback from Washington. We talked about Lenore Sellers, the QB at South Carolina. He's definitely going in the top five rounds now. The ADP just hasn't caught up yet, uh, in terms of weighted averages. And then Caden Feegan, the running back at Illinois. But we do have a couple other names that we just wanted to toss out here that are worth taking. And considering in this range, which is really more about the CFF options once you get here, right, Colin? I mean, this is kind of where you really start to dive into those guys.
1: Yeah, this is definitely where I start to dive into those guys. Like first three rounds, I'm almost exclusively taking freshmen like you would have to be. Um, somebody crazy, like, a, a, well, Malik Benson, you know, if he's Walker. Sure. Like yeah. Devontae Walker, yeah. somebody like that. Like I probably Riley rent. Riley Leonard is a guy who's available in a decent amount of my leagues. He's in like
0: none of mine, but I hear a ton of people and that's like, I just hear a ton of people saying he's available. I'm like, oh,
1: shit. I wish he was available in mine. Yeah. He's a <laughs> common name. He's a common name. Yeah. Um. So he's a guy that maybe I would consider in the top three rounds, but not very many guys that i would consider up there um once you get like round four round five i might start to look for some more supplemental guys but i'm usually still kind of focused on on freshmen uh, and then once you hit the middle rounds yeah i'm definitely more focused on cff producers
0: well l- let me toss a couple of the names that you hear colin because we did make a list of you know kind of those fringy debbie cff mm-hmm. dual options that that we like, but probably weren't rostered from last year. And let me know if you think they should go in the first, you know, three, four, five rounds, even okay. uh, I've seen Trey Benson available in a couple spots, the running back from Florida state. Um, I don't know that he was like a sexy pickup last year necessarily, because it's not like his counting stats were amazing. He he wasn't mm-hmm. like the RB 10 on the year or anything, but he's a guy that's starting to get some, some day two buzz. Everybody's favorite place to put some of these running backs. Uh, he's got NFL size. Like I've seen the Javante Williams comps. I actually I think that's interesting. We, and we talked about this on l- last week's show, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. About, mm-hmm. about he does have. I don't think he quite has the juice that Javante does, and he has a lot of the same negatives that he did. Just um, go listen to week, last week's episode if you did. It's, it's all <laughs> It's all in there. Uh, but he's a guy that I've seen floating around a little bit. So I, you, you, what round should he go in if if he's available? End of the first.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's a guy that I would start to consider. Um, maybe not at the end of the first, given how deep this class is at the top. Like, because you can get we we talked about it last week, like you can get Carnell Tate at like pick 12, you know, you can get Makai Lemon at like pick 12. So, I would still take those guys over Trey Benson, but the very beginning of the second round, yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, Trey Trey Benson or Ruben Owens, who would you prefer? Those are kind of guys that are, yeah, depending on your draft, maybe maybe go end of first, maybe beginning
1: second. Yeah, they're, they're really close. Uh, I would probably lean Owens. I think his ceiling is ultimately a little bit higher. But Benson's the safer player, so I wouldn't fault you at all for that. Um, I don't have my rankings pulled up here in front of me. I should probably do that. But I they're, I imagine they're very close for me, to be honest. I was going to say, I wanted to pull up
0: your rankings to make sure you, uh, you, were, you were staying honest to him here. Um, oh, okay, so we're
1: going to do it live. All right. Well, of course, my stuff logged me out, so we're not even going to worry All about right. Well, hang on. I got, I got mine pulled up here. What All do right. I have? I have Ruben Owens 13, Trey Benson 15. Man, I'm good. Wow.
0: That's, I think that's higher than I have both of them, actually. See, my problem
1: is after RB10, it's a whole, and this could be the topic for another show, it's a whole lot of meh and guys that I'm not all that interested in. I mean, like, guys that, like, I kind of like, but, like, I don't really feel confident in them. Uh, Like, for example, I have um, Donovan Edwards at 12, Blake Corum, or Donovan Edwards at 11, Blake Corum at 12, Owens at 13, although, actually, I'd probably rather Owens than Corum, so I'm going to bump Owens up here as we're live. Um, Shipley, Benson, Neal, Trevor Etienne, Marshawn Lloyd, like guys like that, like, I don't love those guys. Like I'll be honest, but I don't have anybody else that I feel better about. Like I, I do not like the mid teen, like the teens to twenties range in running backs this year. There's just not a lot of guys that I love in that range. I think it's a lot of And I mean, we talked about this before, too, where the running back position is just kind of like 85 percent Jags. But I feel like this section is a lot of Jags.
0: Yeah, or at least borderline Jags. Um, Where would you take Squirrel White in a draft? He's a guy that I see floating around in a lot of them, depending on how many pickups you get.
1: Yeah, yeah. Squirrel White's a really interesting one. I mean, I think he can have a a monster year this year for CFF. Um, I mean, you want to talk about somebody that Joe Milton probably can't overthrow? it's, It's Squirrel White. I mean, um, so uh, that makes him really intriguing. He's he should play that Jalen Hyatt role in the offense, so he could have a very high ceiling. I mean, we just saw Jalen Hyatt win the Bolitnikov. Not that I'm saying White's going to win the Bolitnikov, but like th- I think that level of production is in his range of outcomes, and he was a freshman last year. So you're going to be looking at three to f- two to three years of that level of production. So I do like Squirrel White a lot for CFF. How much do I like him for Debbie? I don't know. He's 160 pounds. He's tiny. Um, He's like 5'10", I think, 5'9". So he's pretty small, pretty much slot only. So he's a guy that I would start to consider maybe in like that third round range, maybe fourth round. That's probably where I'd start looking at Squirrel White.
0: Uh, Joe Milton, where would you take Joe Milton in a draft? He's hanging around it there. He, I I'm 90% sure he only has one year of eligibility left, Yeah. but if he
1: starts all year in Tennessee, yeah, um, that's a great question. I, so, uh, I don't want to dive too deep into this, but we're in the middle of the program draft. Um, so no freshman available. Basically I had the pick at one Oh eight. He was the guy that I was going to take there. And I had a really hard time pulling the trigger. So I just put the pick up. Um, for offer. And I traded back two spots, picked up another pick later and just let somebody else take him. So like pure value wise, like, sure. I I would start to consider him maybe like in the fourth, fifth round, but I don't know if I can actually pull the trigger on that myself.
0: That's weak sauce. That
1: didn't really answer my question. Barely. I, I, I said, I like, I would start to consider him in like the fourth or fifth round, but I can't bring myself to Pull the trigger on Joe Milton unless, like, I have to. You know, like I'm not that confident in him.
0: Okay, fine, be that way. Um, I, I
1: think he's like he's like two games from shitting the bed away from like I don't even know if he's going to start.
0: Aren't like eighty percent of quarterbacks two games away? <laughs> they <laughs> they don't. They, no, that's that's a hundred, from... that's
1: that's very fair. But we have seen Joe Milton shit the bed multiple times in multiple different ways. If we did
0: like zany titles based on like a funny line from the show, uh which is fun but it doesn't tell the audience what it is as much and doesn't yeah. usually download as well, which is why we don't really do that, but Joe Joe Milton Bedshitter would totally 100% be the name of this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but where would you where would you take Milton?
0: Um man, it's so hard. I think Joe Milton Kind of like how – this is going to start being my new answer. You know for NFL guys where you're like, oh, that guy's better in best ball? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think this guy is – so that's not what I'm going to say, actually. I'm going to say it really depends on your roster construction with your college team. Yes. Yeah. If you need – A quarterback like a startable quarterback and you're shooting for just like the most upside you possibly can get then i would take him probably late third i don't know that he's mm-hmm. a bad option there um and i do have some rosters that are kind of like that like but I, so he might be in consideration for me there but yeah i mean i i i get it and i don't i don't think like i've seen people drawing the parallels between um him and anthony richardson and I think we can all agree yeah. that there's basically two reasons why everyone comps them. Mm-hmm. Could be the color of the skin, maybe, maybe, big maybe, arm. and it could be a big arm. And that's really the comparison because they're totally different players.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: Anthony Richardson is way more mobile and has way better feel for running. Um, you know, we've seen Anthony Richardson make some really stupid mistakes, but we've also seen him uh, seemingly adapt pretty quickly where Joe Milton continues to. Do stupid stuff. Um, and I actually think Milton probably is a like a better downfield passer at this stage, too. Just because uh, he have got an absolute hose. Like you are throwing a squirrel white. You yeah, literally just take a five-step yeah. drop and you just throw it as hard as you can down the field. And guess what? Safety not getting there, the corner's probably already burned. <laughs> not that not that much calculus to figure out here. We watched it happen at the very end of the season there when Hooker was out in a couple of games. They did it against Clemson like every single time. It was literally just five-step drop, bombs away. So I get it. So yeah, late third, it would be my answer. So maybe maybe eight to 10 picks uh, earlier than maybe you're looking to take them. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, how about Shadur Sanders? It's a guy that obviously, unless like you play, and I do have one or two leagues like this where you can draft FBS guys or like whoever the heck yeah. you want. Mm-hmm. So he is gone in like one or two of my leagues, but the majority of leagues, he's going to be sitting there.
1: Yeah. Um Sh- Sh- Sanders is a guy that I would be more willing to take uh take earlier because he has two at least two more years of production. Does he have two more years? In- he can
0: so- take three more years if you okay. Okay, he could
1: take three more. Okay. So I he think has some
0: hubris involved there that is not going to allow that to happen. And, and that might Very not even possible. be on his part. It might be on somebody related to him's behalf. But I
1: I yeah. highly doubt we get three years of. There, yeah, but I think if we get three years of him there. He wasn't very good. Like, that's true. I, I think we get two years of him, though, which helps. I'm not necessarily sold on him for Debbie purposes yet. I think there's a lot that he needs to clean up. Um, but I like that offense. Uh, I think he's going to put up nice CFF production. And I think there's more Devi hope for him than for, you know, a lot of other guys that you would take outside of some of these bigger name uh, quarterbacks in this freshman class. Um, you know, if we're comparing his Debbie potential to a Debbie potential of a guy like Austin Novasad or Aiden Childs, like I think they're pretty comparable. And honestly, I might even give a slight edge just to name value for Shador Sanders. I have Shador
0: um, about 15 spots ahead of those guys in my rankings. Yeah. So I, I, I just, think people, people underestimate the difficult path to earning and keeping a power five quarterback job yeah like obviously they're play vanderbilt like whoever can i could probably play there um but <laughs> like it's difficult even at these mm-hmm. kind of mid tier you know what we think of as no offense like rinky dink type programs that aren't really serious about competing like it's still hard to get those jobs
1: yeah yeah it, it definitely is uh so like i i You know, I think that's very valid. So his, his Debbie potential is on par or maybe even slightly better than some of these quarterbacks that you're probably taking in like the second round. Um, So I would consider Shador Sanders in the back half of the second round, um, beginning of the third.
0: We've talked a little bit about Shador on the show. I don't know that I want to have like a full soliloquy and actually talked about him on chasing the natty this week as well. So uh, if you want to hear two other people's thoughts on it, uh, Ethan and justice, I think do a good job. I think there's. There's arguments to be made on both sides. and I think the the good is that the good is so funny because it's like Colorado, Colorado is going to be terrible. And that's a good. Yeah, (laughs) because yeah, they're going to be they're going to be behind and they're going to probably be in shootouts. So that's awesome. If we're talking about just pure CFF projection for the next year, he is he's I, I would not classify him as a dual threat player, but he is relatively athletic and he can move around a little bit. And I think he gets like a handful of touchdown rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah. And you know, four to 500 yards, maybe. Um, like I, I think he can probably achieve that. Um, And I think, you know, the fact that he's Dion's kid certainly helps because they're NFL teams. Like we see NFL teams and we hear the stuff they say, like after the draft about where they had guys in their boards and like, it's shocking. It's really shocking. And it, so it's not shocking when they say, Oh well, you know, he's got NFL bloodlines. His dad didn't play quarterback and like be, but we're gonna go there. Like it so he has those things on his side. Obviously, the downside is that it's a huge step up from the FCS. I've been on the record saying this. I don't think he was considered a get in recruiting. I mean, he was gonna go to like Auburn or something. Like he he didn't No, he was gonna go to he's gonna go to somewhere in Florida before he went to Jackson State.
1: He's going to make go like us to be honest.
0: Thing. like he wasn't going to a big school because he's not that good. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder if he just kind of straddles the line between kind of Debbie kind of CFF, and never really hits on either.
1: Moving forward, yeah. That, uh, but um, well, I, I was, I feel pretty good about his Devi, uh, or I mean, his CFF, not his Debbie. Um, I feel pretty good about a CFF because, like you said, Colorado is not going to be good. I like the Sean Lewis offense. And so i think he's gonna to have to throw a lot um you know so I, I think he'll he will put up numbers for cff so that's kind of why i'm willing to take that gamble there because you, i feel like his floor as a cff producer is high enough that if i don't end up getting anything for him from debbie i won't look back and hate myself for picking him in the so, back half of the second early third
0: so here's the risk if you think that's fairly plausible, then I don't know why you wouldn't just wait five rounds to take Malik
1: Hornsby or something, you know? Well, I don't think Malik Hornsby has much of an NFL future at all.
0: I don't either. But if that's like a significant worry in your mind, then why even go there?
1: It's not a significant worry, but it is a worry.
0: I, I This is like not a question. like This is like a hypothetical. Like, mm-hmm. if, if if you're thinking that, then maybe just the smarter move is to just not do that and go find somebody a few rounds later.
1: Yeah, I mean that's typically what I, that's typically what I will do. Yeah. But if you're asking me where would I finally feel comfortable taking Shador, it's like back half of the second, top of the third.
0: I find myself putting him there in queues, and luckily, like the pick that i've had is never like aligned with where i kind of have him on my queue so it doesn't yeah. really matter i'm really curious the first time and i think it's about to happen in this draft him in right now where they're about to align and i'm like do i pull the trigger
1: uh probably yes uh, i i haven't been put not. in that situation yet either probably
0: not so i'll we'll be totally see. honest but I, I think he's moderately intriguing i'm not saying you know i'm not saying i would never draft him i'm not saying you know i I'm taking him even where I have him ranked. I I really don't know what to do with him, but enough about Shadur. The other name that I want to ask real quick about is actually one of the guys he's going to be throwing to this year. A guy that's Mm -hmm. I see available in uh, almost all of my leagues is Jimmy horn. Mm -hmm. They they bring over that USF duo. We've seen, they've cleared out that wide receiver room completely. Uh, Horn and Weaver were not on campus for spring. So they, they weren't there to kind of start uh, building that rapport. But the offensive line is going to be terrible. They don't have other receiving options, and he kind of has the the skill set where he can get open quick. He can work short. You get the ball in his hands and just kind of let him go to work. Like I think of all the receivers, assuming that they aren't playing Travis Hunter like eighty percent of snaps, leads that wide receiver room. So where I mean, if you where are you willing to take Jimmy Horn? I don't even know if you follow like if you agree with my logic on him or not. I'm I'm fairly high on Horn.
1: Can I wait till I come back to answer this? I'm currently in the middle of drafts and I have him, he is the top player in my queue right now. So I would like to not answer this. He's top in uh, one of my queues as well. I'm kind of sitting <laughs> um, sweating a little bit. But to give a real answer here, uh I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I mean I think that the ultimate deciding the the thing that's going to ultimately make or break Jimmy Horn is how much wide receiver Travis Hunter plays. And we just don't have that answer right now. But even if Travis Hunter does play like, you know, 75, 80% of snaps at wide receiver, his role doesn't, I don't think his role will inter over intersect with Jimmy Horns all that much. Um, Like you said, Jimmy Horn is a guy, you can get the ball in his hands. You can get it out quick. He can get open quick. uh, You know, and the Sean Lewis offense does, like to take advantage of that. Now, they don't... So Dante Cephas played on the outside a lot. Devontae Walker played on the outside a lot. Those are the two guys most recently who have done really well for Sean Lewis. Um, You know, I want to say Isaiah McCoy um, was also a boundary guy, I believe. So the last couple receivers that have done well in Sean Lewis's offense have been boundary guys. But I agree with you that Jimmy Horn is... The most is the best wide receiver on that roster. They do not have a lot of other options there. Again, Travis Hunter notwithstanding. So I think he could have a massive, you know, workload this year. He could be really good for CFF. And then we're now we're talking uh, NFL bloodlines again. You know, he's Joe Horn's son. Um, So the kids might be too young to remember Joe Horn on this that listened to this year's show, Colin. You think I remember Joe Horn? Maybe. He hey, had the whole he had the whole celebration with the phone in the uh, pylon.
0: And did he do a Sharpie one too? I don't remember. But, yeah, I mean, Joe Horn was great. I played for yeah. the Saints when they sucked. They had that one yeah. year where they had um, – oh, who was their quarterback? Uh, Aaron Brooks and yes, him. Sam Brooks. And then they had Deuce uh, McAllister?
1: Yeah, I think and so. And it was like,
0: kind of a fun team. And I don't remember if they made the playoffs or like they barely missed it. But it was, it was a fun team to watch. Yeah. yeah. The Saints have had some fun guys over the years, people don't yeah. realize.
1: Uh, yeah, NFL bloodlines there. And and I mean, I think he's going to be a slot only guy, most likely at the next level, but he, he could have a role. So he's another guy that falls in a similar bucket to Shador Sanders, just a different position where I think he could be good for CFF for two years and then have some Debbie hope. I think Shador probably has a little bit more than Jimmy Horn does, but Jimmy Horn's a guy that I like. Where would I? Consider taking him. Uh, he's probably a guy that I'm starting to look at in these middle rounds that we're going to talk about here in a minute, you know, rounds six-ish is probably where I'm starting to look at at Jimmy Horn.
0: I agree with you. That's probably the range I'm taking him in. Um, so I I think we're in agreement there. I'm not talking about Ricky Pierce. All there is what are you talking
1: about? (laughs) Why did you even put him on the list? I don't know. He's a guy that we we've talked about before that are you know we're mildly intrigued for for Devi purposes and he, it says Devi guys from last year who might still be available.
0: He's like a 14th year senior with the, in an offense quarterback <laughs> by Graham Mertz. He's just gonna get destroyed in the SEC. Graham Mertz is gonna be dust by week five. What are we doing? Yeah, I don't here? know.
1: He's mildly intriguing. I would. He's in we? my queue.
0: If if they had either a gotten Devin Leary in the portal, who the former NC State quarterback who went to Kentucky, but there were rumors that he was gonna go to Florida. If they'd gotten him. Or, shit, even brought Anthony Richardson back for a year four. I could kind of be interested in Ricky Pearsall. Florida might win four games next year. They might legitimately be the worst team in the SEC next year. They are awful. That roster stinks. If that's going to be my hot take (laughs) for the year, then so be it. But that team is horrible. They had like a handful of good players and almost all of them left for the draft last year. Dexter, uh, Torrance, uh, Anthony Richardson. Like Their running backs are good. I will a thousand percent give him that. What's like if I'm building a football team to one position that I don't care if it's good or not, like talent, talent wise. The running back is the one that I like is could could be the least talented if I'm trying to like, you know, divvy up like a I have a hundred of talent and I can divvy it up on the roster. Running back would be like two, and that's their best <laughs> players, are all running backs. It's just it's we've been on Sundelt Billy since the beginning, and it's a hundred percent right. He is
1: a terrible coach. And not a great recruiter.
0: No. No, that they're building a class right now. I can almost guarantee you by November that at least half of it is committed somewhere else. I can almost guarantee it because they're going to suck. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, what story. are Florida kids mostly known for anyway? Committing and decommitting like 50 times. That's just what they do. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some, uh, we talked about some, so, some kind of fringy Debbie guys that are left over you need to check to make sure are hanging around. And there are some other guys as well. Um, if the name seems too good to be out there, like you know, a- ask somebody if you don't know. Um, a-, a few freshmen that we like that that are going after perceivably or conceivably round five here. Uh, cool Cabana at Michigan. Pretty highly rated guy. Uh, people seem to be off of him because he's a little undersized. But he's a very good football player. Mm-hmm. Matt Bruning likes him. Matt Bruning has never seen a running back under 195 pounds. That he doesn't love. But... <laughs> <laughs> he is a good football player. Like I, I'm not going to say that he's not. He could be a very intriguing. He could basically fill Donovan Edwards' role there after this year, and that wouldn't be shocking at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's very intriguing for for CFF purposes. Um, but given his size, I don't know what I see much. Uh, to see that much of an NFL future for him. I also don't think he has the frame to bulk up that much, really. I mean he could be a really nice complimentary like third down back at the nfl level uh but that's pretty much what i see his ceiling as right now so yeah i mean i feel like this is a a. I feel like cole cabana is a guy that some people he has his fans out there but i feel like most people are down on him so you probably can get him in you know this range, like I feel like that's very reasonable.
0: It's really, I think you need to take stock of how your league mates draft before you come to that conclusion. If they're just going down 7 rankings and like you know it, then he's going to be gone pretty early. And that's if they're true. a Michigan fan, they're going to be all over him. That's just one of those things. So that's if fair. you don't have, if you, if you got either of those two manager archetypes in your league, then he's not going to fall, but they're falling on that grenade early. Then, like I think again, I think he's a good player. Do I think he's a full time NFL guy? Probably not. He's not. Even, I don't think he's even as good as Donovan Edwards was coming out of high school. But he is good. Like he's not a bad yeah. football player. And we talked about this with Dylan Edwards, and obviously he's he makes Dylan Edwards look like a Smurf. But um, he, he, they're all small. So um, uh, Caleb Picks is a guy that I like. I, I don't know if you're on him or not at Oklahoma running back. I think yeah. he's the most talented back on the roster. I said like Sawchuck is talented, but again, he's small. Yeah, Devante Barnes. I watched him for the Debbie Guide. I wrote him up was not interested in him at all uh, coming out of that. And then you got like Marcus major who will factor in this year, but he's been there 80 years. Um, so I, I think Caleb Hicks, if something happens at Javante Barnes, that injury lingers, there's a chance that he just, he gets touches this year and doesn't look back. I don't know how he was rated so low this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's really interesting. I, I He was definitely rated lowly. I'm not the biggest fan of Hicks. Uh, I think he's a good candidate to go in this range, though. You know, like I I think he's a guy guy who deserves to go in this range. He's a guy that I would consider, maybe not targeting, because it's hard to say you're targeting a guy in this range because it's hard to rely on somebody falling. But you know, he's a guy that I would be interested in at least. So that fits there. He said it's a little bit worrisome with Javante Barnes's foot, uh, and then. Gavitsaw Chuck is, is talented, but he's small. So I, I think that's very reasonable. Emery Williams, your guy. Um, I I get where you're coming
0: from on him. I just, <laughs> I can't help but think that he probably gets recruited over, which is my big thing with him at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's very possible that he could get recruited over. You know, they Miami tried to bring in Jaden Rashada uh, in this class at one point. You know, they were connected to him um before he went to florida did that whole thing so you know they were they were kind of trying to recruit over him but i like Emery williams uh, as a prospect uh, he, he's got good size six four he's 190 so he could stand to put on a little bit of weight uh, but he looks like he has the frame to put on some weight he's a big arm you know he puts plenty of zip on passes throws just some touch when he needs to uh, he throws from off, off platform from multiple arm angles. Well, I think he has some good arm talent overall, you know, needs to improve as a wide, his ball placement. needs to clean up some of the mechanically stuff mechanically, but I think he's a good quarterback. I think that this is the, the question is, is he going to get recruited over is the big question. And Tyler Van Dyke will be the starter this year and then presumably going to go off to the NFL we've seen them. We've seen teams bring in freshmen and the guy who's been there in the system for an extra year has still, you know, has, has won out that uh, on that job, even over a guy who may have been more talented, you know, it's difficult for true freshmen to start right away. So I think he has a a good shot at starting next year, unless they bring in a transfer. That's the concern. Um, Cause Jakari Brown on the roster. I don't think he's it, but I'm willing to take a shot in this range on Emory Williams. And honestly, I'm willing to wait towards the back half of this middle range. So, you know, like we're talking around like 10 uh, because I don't think you have to take him that early. I have not really heard anybody talking about Emory Williams, uh, but I think he's out of these quarterbacks that are going late. I think there's some Debbie potential there, you know, just given his skill set uh, and that he'll be at Miami if he can claim that job.
0: I um I think I had him just outside my draft uh, prospects this year, and I'm pulling it up real quick just to confirm that. Um, yeah, I did. He finished at a point five nine oh seven. I consider a 0. .6 as my cutoff. So it wasn't that, that far below. Uh, I, I think recruited over as a, a major. Like, he's at Miami. Mm-hmm. I think they're... I don't think they want to start a three-star quarterback at the U with kind of the lofty like whether we think it's correct or not like the u hasn't been the u in 20 years but they think there's they still are they're trying to get that guy so i i think that they
1: will aspire for more than emory williams they definitely might but i and i haven't been following you know the crystal balls and who teams are like, you know, looking at, at this far in advance in, in the process. So I don't know how familiar you are with it either. I mean, but the problem you, is next year's QB class is just terrible. Like, yeah, it's not good. And like, are they connected to any of the top guys? Uh, I
0: mean, there's like three guys that I think are even any good. And no, they're not connected. They're all committed. And Rayola committed today. Maybe we should have open the show with that.
1: Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: shit. I guess we probably should have. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, we can talk about it here if you want. We'll we'll talk about it at the end. I think at that's a good. So okay. I don't want to shoehorn a Dylan Rayola discussion in the middle of a uh, of uh, a completely unrelated segment. We'll talk about it at the end of the show. Tune in. Um. So yeah, and that's my concern with him. There's some other iffy guys in here. Uh, you put down Jonah Wilson at Houston. I hmm. I do think he's a good player. Um, just a ton of bodies at Houston right now. Yeah, like I don't even know if I trust, um. What's his name? What Matthew Golden to be like a oh. week-in, week-out stud for CFF just because they have so many guys there. And I think he's – I my opinion on Golden has not changed at all since last year. I like, still think he's an excellent player. still think he's the best, most talented player on that team from a wide receiver perspective. But the combination of Donovan Smith throwing the ball and – them having like eight other guys they like what like sam brown or whatever his name is they got joseph manjag mm-hmm. they've got a couple other freshmen that are really interesting they
1: brought in stephen johnson jr from oklahoma state
0: yeah they just got bodies like everywhere mm-hmm. so i that's a very very tough one for me to to project but jonah wilson is uh, i mean a good player and i think i have him How do i don't keep xing out of my freshman rankings i have him as my wide receiver where'd you go buddy uh 39 so i mean i have him like that's a he has a rosterable grade um by a a, a fair margin
1: yeah i mean i i think i I put him on the list because he's a guy that's interesting um you know he was a a quarterback that you know turned into a wide receiver they moved him into that uh, a little bit later in his career i think it was his junior year um and then as a senior i mean he had a a lot of production in Texas, you know, that's what we want to see. Uh, He had some other solid offers too. you know, Texas, Ohio state, LSU, how many of those were committable? I don't know. Um, But he was getting at least looks from those programs. You know, I, I like Jonah Wilson. I think he's an intriguing option in this range. You know um, I don't love him either, but like I said, you know, once you get down into this range, I am typically moving on to more, uh, like CFF focused guys. But if you want to come back to a, a Debbie guy or, I mean, like a freshman, I, I think Jonah Wilson could be intriguing.
0: I mean, I have some other freshmen that are in here too. I don't want to just like hand out a bunch of names. Cause I don't think that's, well, some people find that useful. I think some people just want names, but um, guys that I have in this range, Shamar Porter, Kentucky. Um, but I think he plays the same role that Dane key does. So how much does he play over the next couple years there? I, I don't really know i really like jackson harris at stanford i think he's just flat mm-hmm. out the most talented wide receiver on that roster but again freshman new coaching staff um i mean that's a good thing for him because they are not tied to any of the guys that are there but I, I i don't know how how well that works out rodney gallagher at west virginia might be the most talented wide receiver on the roster the day that he steps on campus there but he's yeah. like Tavon austin like the to like gadgety to the extreme right now a guy that i don't hear a lot of people talk about colin i think i want to hear your thoughts on him nathaniel joseph wide receiver Mm. at Miami he is small Mm -hmm. but there is Rondale Moore in his game I and I think he's a little old which Rondale Moore was not um but I, I think there's a lot of Rondale Moore when I watch him that I I'm kind of intrigued by and again Miami does not have a ton of great wide receiver talent there right now
1: yeah I mean I think that's where it starts for me is it's Miami does not have a lot of good uh, wide receivers right now. you know, there's, They've been struggling to find a, a lead wide receiver for a while, despite what Mike Ballery might say about Colby Young. Um, I So there's definitely opportunity there. Nathaniel Joseph, definitely undersized. 5'8", like 170 pounds. Uh, but he is very explosive, very fast as well. So like you said, there's a little bit of Rondell Moore to his game. I think that he has some versatility to him like, like Moore did. So you could use him in a variety of ways. I do like that. They brought in um, Dawson as offensive coordinator from Houston. The question is, will, and this is also kind of a question I have about Emory Williams too, is and Tyler Van Dyke this year as well, is will Mario Cristobal get out of Dawson's way and let him kind of do his own thing? Because if he does, and I think that then Joseph could be intriguing um, if he doesn't, the, and he kind of handcuffs Dawson, and I, I don't know what I see the the ceiling with Joseph being. So he's an intriguing option in this in this range for sure. Um, he could be very he could be used very creatively if given the right offense.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, yeah, we I think we're on the same page there. Uh, and he's a guy that I don't hear anybody really talking about, which is yeah. odd to me. And I I actually. When I was watching wide receivers for last year, for some reason, I stumbled across Nathaniel Joseph, and I was like, whoa, this is like a top five guy in the class for me. And then it was like, oh, he's 2023. I was like, ah. Back when I was struggling to find receivers I liked last year. Um, (laughs) And I kind of soured on him a little bit. Like, I don't don't love the landing spot, and he is a little small. But uh, he's just dynamic, man. He could just be a really good college player. And I think in this range, that's like a great outcome. Like you're obviously if you're dropping a guy in the first round, you're expecting more than, Oh, he's just a really good college player. But if you get that in the sixth round or the eighth round. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I, do you have any names you just want to toss out here that you, do you find mildly intriguing in this
1: range that, you know, yeah. Just yeah, last, rattle, yeah. rattle a few off. <laughs> um, Yeah. I'll name off two names here. The first one, um, Jalen Smith, wide receiver heading to Michigan state um, with, Keon Coleman transferring out, uh, that makes it really a wide open depth chart for for Michigan State, honestly. And, and I think Jalen Smith is is very talented. Um, you know, he was played behind Matthew Golden in Texas, and then he kind of got unleashed uh, this past year uh, when you know with Golden gone. So yeah, he looked good. Uh, he did well even with Golden there. So I think there's a lot of intrigue with Jalen Smith. My big concern is Michigan State's offense. You know, is that going to be any good? You know, who's going to be the quarterback for them? You know, he could potentially be a good duo with Sam Levitt if they both stay there and both kind of transcend what Mel Tucker typically likes to do in that offense. So he's an intriguing name for me in this range. Uh, and then the the other one that I'll I'll mention is a guy that I'm I'm probably not taking him until like the 10th round or later. Um, but a guy who's at least intriguing to me is Jamarius Haynes going to Clemson. Uh, he's a little undersized at 185 pounds, but Clemson has not recruited the running back position that well the past two years. They have, um, they have Spiller there for recruiting for them, too, don't they? Yeah which is a, yeah weird uh, yeah. yeah but um haynes is a guy who was kind of like a late riser uh in the process he had a nice um senior year um so he's a guy that's at least interesting to me i think shipley's going to go to the nfl uh, after this year so it'll be him, like him and phil maffa and i don't really think that highly of phil maffa i think phil maffa needs like a uh a speed guy, like a complimentary back to go with him. And I think Haynes could fill that role next year. He was clocked at 21.2 miles per hour. So he has some speed to him. So he's intriguing to me in this range. But like I said, it's probably more like round 10 to 12 is probably where I'd start to think about him.
0: In my opinion, Haynes is the quintessential. This dude will never start it at, at the school. He's that kind of guy ever, ever, ever. I just don't see it happening. I don't think he's... Man, I I gotta watch how I talk about some of these guys. I don't (laughs) think that he's talented enough to be at a school like Clemson and be like their actual player. If 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 he's a starter at Clemson, they have enormous issues there. Like that's if that's their starting running back, they're like a eight win team because that's how devoid of talent they are. It, it's it, it would be a scary proposition and quite frankly if he's just starting running back next year you should fire cj spiller because he has <laughs> clearly not done his job like in terms of like yeah you can coach these guys up all you want but you got to be recruiting at a school like clemson and if you can't pull in some of these guys like they they desperately wanted andrew paul at the end of last year and they couldn't even get him
1: yeah
0: i uh, granted he went to like he got a georgia offer he went to like he went to some you know community college or something but I, I, they, some of these guys, like they've just swung and missed on basically every guy they've tried to get. And it's really, really embarrassing. And yeah. I think even Clemson fans will tell you that.
1: Yeah. Just, yeah, at least a, just an interesting name to throw out there. I wouldn't take him in the. Till, uh, I would start to consider him around like rounds 10 through 12 just for the upside. But the one name that people are
0: going to try to gaslight you into taking in this range and you should not do it is Jamarian Wilcox, the, the Kentucky running back. There's literally zero reason to take him in this range at all. They can say, oh, who's next to Kentucky? Like, they'll find a guy that's better than him. He's tiny. he probably bring in a transfer. He's, like, really average. I, I, I could not be convinced. Like, if I'm taking guys in this range, either guys that I just think were completely mislabeled as recruits, like, they're, like, low, mid three stars, and they should have been, you know, high three star, low four star kind of guys, or I'm taking guys that there's just a path to playing time, like a realistic path to playing time. Yeah. Like we talked about Haynes. Yeah, it's a path to playing time. I don't think it's very realistic if we we going to talk other names, like a guy like Keewan Brown, the running back who's headed to Louisville. Mm. Do I love Keewan Brown? No, I think he's okay. Louisville has Jawar Jordan this year. And then really not a lot else there. There's not a lot of other running backs on that roster. He could conceivably step in there next year and be their guy. And yeah, there's a chance he gets recruited over, but it's Louisville. I don't think there's, they're going to be pulling in a stud every year. So, i think those are things they they almost had ruben owens they did they did and that was all about the nil money right so we'll see (laughs) if they're still throwing that money around next year or not uh i haven't seen them connected with any top backs so we'll see um but those are kind of the things that we're looking for and i think all those guys that we kind of named have that in common you know cabana roll by year two probably going to be there Caleb picks at oklahoma more talented than the he was like RB thirty eight in the composite or something. He's way better than RB thirty eight. I tell you that right now. Emory Williams in Miami. Tyler Van Dyke's gone. If they don't get a guy next year, he could he could lock into that job. Like there there's kind of that common component with all these guys that we're mentioning here. Um, I, I think the bulk of this round though is going to be CFF options. Yeah, and this is where you're really kind of grabbing some of those premier CFF guys. We're going to talk about this. Well, you're going to be gone, Colin. I'm going to talk about this a bunch. When I we were one of the shows when you're gone, I'm having uh and Nelly ticks Michael Nelson, Nelly, and mm-hmm. uh, Dynasty Coach A, John. They're gonna come on the show, and we're gonna talk just like straight up strategy, like roster construction, um, like like deep deep like sub draft strategy, like all all this different kind of stuff. We're gonna kind of do like a, a mega episode on this. I love that you're waiting till I'm gone to do that. You just don't seem like the kind of guy that's really into strategy,
1: Colin. Am I wrong? I'm very into strategy. You ever play the game Stratego?
0: You know what? I I actually have not.
1: Have you played it? I have, yeah. Played the Star Wars version growing up. You any good at it? I was all right. It was all
0: right. I'll take that as a hard no. (laughs) I was okay. No, you. Okay, okay. So you see where we're going with this. No, we're going to have those guys on. And uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is like, I, I'm, and I think we've mentioned it on the show before, I'm treating CFF as like a year by year thing nowadays because of the portal and all this crap. Like, it's just stupid. So, a lot of these guys are guys that are going to get like one year. And I'm totally fine with that. I don't care. I just want to give me the points immediately. I'm not counting on two years, three years, four years. Give me one year of points. We're going to go in, we're going to win this thing. And then we'll just rinse and repeat next year. And if it doesn't work out, as we talked about snowballing, we just you you trade all those guys off you get a couple picks for the next year you do the same thing the next year This is how we're going to run we're going to run this roster that way some of the cff guys here calling tail and green wide receiver at boise state you know big, yeah you so said what did i say wide receiver <laughs> at least if i said <laughs> running back i would have been close um because yeah. that's basically he can throw a little bit i don't want to i don't want to be him too much he can, he can do a little bit of throwing um byron brown usf column and we put him on the sheet here um, i didn't make Mal- you i just put him on myself movie Mal- <laughs> Mal- texas state these are the kind of guys that are probably high end cff options well two of the three for next year um and you're these are guys that like there's no nfl hope like really Taylor green might have a tiny bit might have a tiny bit if you squint we can do the jaron hall experiment all over again here um <laughs> but they're, I mean, they have like serious issues, but these are guys that are going to probably, they're going to run a bunch. They, they're in, they don't play in particularly difficult leagues. Like they're not playing tough defenses. These are the kind of guys that you're going for uh, in this particular range.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I like, and you notice the trend with all three of these guys is they're all rushers Uh, is so they're, they're all guys who they can't really throw that well necessarily. I mean, Byron Brown, like, I did not watch USF last year, so I'm not going to comment on like whether he can actually throw, just box score scouting. He he had like two decent games at the end of the year last year, throwing the ball and running the ball. Um, and I do really like that USF offense, which is why I put Byron Brown on here. Now, I do think USF's offense is probably one of those where this is a year, maybe a year too early. I think they're going to get that because they bring in Alex Golsch from Tennessee, the offensive coordinator from Tennessee. The assumption is he's going to implement that uh, Josh Heupel system there, the R. Bryles with the wide splits. I think he's going to implement that at USF. I think that's going to work really well at USF's level. Uh, So I think this is going to be an offense that I'm really going to target next year. But for this year, I still think Byron Brown's going to win that job, and I think he's going to be good enough with his legs. Uh, and that system is going to help him out enough that he'll be a good CFF producer. I mean, he put up at the end of last year, like it was like depending on your scoring, it was like a thirty-point game, and one was like a forty-point game at the end of last year in two starts. So, I like Brown Hornsby, mega mega athlete going to Texas State uh, with JG Ki- G- GJ Kinney. I always do that. I always flip him. You nailed it. That's Did
0: you see you say it fast enough and no one can tell anyway? That's what I do. I just go Gigi uh, Kinney, Gigi Kinney. No one knows. Perfect. GG.
1: Yeah. Call him Yeah, GG. That works. Yeah. That works. Like Buffon. Um... <laughs> like yeah, so Like goalkeeper, if anybody doesn't know. Malik Hornsby's there with with Kenny, and that's going to be presumably a very uh, high-paced offense. It's going to be a uh, good offense for fantasy production. So if Malik Hornsby can start there, I think that's kind of what you're looking at for him, too. Talon Green, probably the safest of this bunch, though. Uh, we are... Very confident. I'm very confident that he's going to start. Um, I don't. I don't think there's not even another contender, is there?
0: Not the that Bockmeyer was there and he's gone now. He's at what, Louisiana Tech. They don't have another yeah. guy there. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, they brought in somebody last year, didn't they? He was like a three-star kid. Not that I think he's going to challenge for it. But they I had Hauser until the last minute. I don't remember who
0: they kind of you know, backfilled their class with to replace mm-hmm. him. But I, I mean, it wasn't
1: a guy on Houser's no. level in terms of recruiting no. pedigree. No, but uh, I think Talon green, I don't think he offers quite the same ceiling that Brown and Hornsby do just because I think those offenses are going to be faster paced. I think Boise's offense is going to be a little slower, but he's definitely the safest of the bunch, but I like all three of these guys in this range. Let's
0: skip over to running back here again, just a handful of names where these are guys that I believe our recruiting team or our, our CFF team has roughly top 24, 36 of their position means they're probably going to be startable guys for you as well uh my pit panthers rodney hammond stepping in there for izzy um for people that don't remember uh hammond actually probably took that job away from izzy and then got injured in game one um but looked excellent and looked excellent every time we saw him last year when he came back so he's a guy that has probably legit you know top 12 15 running back upside this year um uh, cameron scadabo is kind of one of hashtag my guys he was at San- sacramento state last year with uh coach taylor who's now at uh stanford i forget his last name so our first name so i just keep call him coach taylor um
1: eric Troy? eric it's not eric no eric's from uh friday night friday night lights, friday night lights. yes yeah. which is why i, I coach <laughs> taylor and i'm like it sounds like i'm talking about friday night lights um
0: i haven't watched that in a while i'll have to go back and watch that again um but scadabo was his running back last year was incredibly productive like he's not an nfl level athlete at all um, but he can catch passes. He's probably the best back on that roster. They really liked him in spring. So uh, Scadabo's kind of hashtag my guy. Um, I don't have a lot of other things to say about some of these guys. R.J. Harvey down at UCF, probably the Bowser replacement. Been a very productive position there with mm-hmm. with Malzahn and his offense.
1: Yeah, Bob okay. wrote a really nice article on on R.J. Harvey. Um, on his sub stack as to you know what his potential ceiling could be. And that's really what drew my attention to RJ Harvey. So I'm, um, he's been bumping up a little bit, a little bit at a time for me. Aiden
0: Robbins at BYU now. I think they think he's going to be the guy. And then Malik Sherrod is the new Jordan Mims at Fresno State. Granted, I don't think this offense, or I don't expect this offense to be as good. They lose a lot of pieces. They lose Cropper, Marino. They lose Hayner. Um, There's another receiver too, but he's, he's a solid player. So uh, those guys are kind of of taken. Yeah. Remigio has gone. So, but there, he's, he's a good player. I think he can have a a maybe flexible, able to be flexed in your flex position. (laughs) Uh, Wasn't sure how else I had to, to put that. Um, I I think all those guys are guys that I'm kind of considering in this range. And there, there are some other guys too. It, It can really vary by league as to who's available.
1: Yeah, uh, what you said at the top of this segment here, with like treating more CFF as more of like a one year thing, I I think for the most part I'm in on that as well. Uh, At the quarterback position with guys like Byron Brown and Willie Cornsby, I am definitely interested in those multiple years of production. I also don't think that USF or Texas State are the types of programs that are going to bring guys in ahead of these guys. So, you know, there are definitely still some assumptions being made. On my end, but when we're looking at the running back position, I do tend to focus more on just one year here because a lot of these guys are, you know, there's a lot of situations last year where we thought we were going to get a good situation and we thought we were going to get a guy who's productive and it didn't end up working out. Guys like Nathaniel Pete last year, who I still have hanging on on my rosters. Um, Yeah, I was interested in the Washington backfield. That didn't pan out. So I, I am looking at guys that i feel good about producing for one year like aiden robbins we've seen him produce at unlv uh now he takes a step up slight step up to byu um but i still think he can be productive at that level too you know rodney hammond a guy we saw be productive at pit like you said when he got the work when he wasn't hurt. RJ Harvey, another guy that we saw be productive last year in spot starts. So like, those are the kind of guys that I like in this range. Um, We've kind of seen it a little bit from these guys and, you know, we feel good about them for one year.
0: Some other names that I, I kind of doubt they're floating around, but I have some leaks, for example, where we don't get any waiver wire ads at all during the season. So I think uh, one or two of them are available in those kind of leagues, or even even if your mm-hmm. league is less CFF inclined. Guys like Sia Bangura, who's at Ohio, Ladamian Webb, who's at um, UAB, or yeah, UAB, right? No, where is he? Um,
1: no, he's at South Alabama. Sure. Yes. UAB's Jermaine Brown Jr. for this year. Ah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have the name. Throw
0: him on the list. Um, these are guys that all. <laughs> can probably go in this range and that you should be aware of Kavorian barnes yeah. yeah i mean these, these are guys that you need to be uh looking at and just make sure
1: aren't available um, yeah honestly double, my triple, favorite triple check my favorite thing to do just for you know a, a strategy point is yeah what you're laughing what do you what are No, you, what are i doing? mean it's correct it's sad
0: that this is how you have to do it go through every single roster yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. yes air I force up. akron <laughs> alabama Arizona state, Alabama. Yes. You just go through every single one. You click on every Mm -hmm. single position. It takes hours.
1: I do it when I'm pooping. That's how we get (laughs) the same. Uh, but yeah, so that's how, that's how I like, that's how I do it just to make sure I don't miss guys. And that's why my cues end up being like 115 players deep. Yeah. You know, but then I I don't have to worry about it later.
0: It's really annoying that you can't transfer those either. I literally waste hours every year. Um, yeah just kind of loading cues it's even annoying because like i yeah you can't even like carry a cue from one it's just oh it's yeah. so annoying so it yeah. is yeah yeah that's that's, what that's, how, I, that's why i was laughing
1: because it's just like yeah okay man, there's <laughs> no there's no better way yeah. there,
0: there really really is not okay fair enough yeah I, I agree some wide receiver names again just to toss them out and i don't know we need to go super deep into any of them they talked to jordan curley smu mm-hmm. uh Accidentally, on purpose, on Ctn this week, uh, a little bit of a snafu there between him. Did you hear? Did you listen to it today, Colin?
1: I have not. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow.
0: They they got Curly confused with uh, Goffney, like ah. on the graphics, and they were like, "Oh, okay, that's not who we're talking." about. Uh, Jordan <laughs> Curly at SMU. They kind of think he's the next guy up there. Jamari Thrash, very productive last year. He's now at Louisville. He could very Louisville. Sorry, could very well be their wide receiver one. Sam Wigless. AKA Wiggles. We talked about him a lot as a guy that we were targeting on waivers last year on, on this show. And we do like an in season, um, like weekly comp, like start sit competition. And I think we probably both mentioned him at different points. Yeah. Um, he's only got one year left, former Ohio state walk on good player. Like for, for this level, Jared Brown at coastal Carolina is a guy that I don't hear people talking about a lot. If I remember correctly, he averaged the most yak per reception of anybody in college football last year. He was
1: up there. He had some, he was top since one of those efficiency stats like that. Yeah. Uh, they just get him the ball at line of scrimmage and kind
0: of like he, he is their Devo. And he was a true freshman last year. I think he can be very productive because they can just get the ball in his hands. You put Amari Evans on the list, Colin. And I think this is an interesting one because I've been high on Evans, like relative to free 50, which is what he's been. But yeah. I, again, another guy that I'm worried we're just straddling both CFF and Debbie lines and never really getting either out of him at Penn State.
1: I think that's a very fair worry. Uh, things that Evans does have going for him, though. Um, Dante Cephas is a guy that I'm presuming is going to be the wide receiver one there for Penn State this year, which topic for another day. I think people are a little too low on him, to be honest, because I don't think the rest of that wide receiver room is capable of being a leader, a lead wide receiver on a team. And I think Dante Cephas is. We have at least seen him do that. Now, it was at Kent State, but still. um, So I think Dante Cephas is going to be better than what people are giving him credit for right now at Penn state, but beyond him, you know, counter Lambert Smith, he's a nice flanker, good field stretcher, but he struggles to stay healthy. I think that's really his only role. Trey Wallace, Harrison Wallace, the third solid piece, maybe, um, you know, but nothing that's going to keep nothing that should keep Evans off the field, to be honest. Um, Caden Saunders in the same class as Evans, but he hasn't had nearly as much buzz as Evans had. And Evans has shown really good rapport with Drew Aller. Um, Alar threw a touchdown to his only touchdown last year was through Evans. He threw a touchdown to him in the spring game. They just kind of have good rapport. So I think that'll help him both of those things, Uh, you know, but there is definitely the worry that he's kind of straddling the line between it won't be quite good enough where you want to start him for CFF. What's his Debbie potential? I don't know. Uh, at this point, we haven't really seen quite enough, but he's a guy that I – and I'm a homer, but he's a guy that I like enough that I would I, I would look at in this range.
0: And the one thing that I actually think – I hear some people argue, and I, I'm just unsure about it, is that Penn State's going to open up this offense over the next couple of years because they do have Alar. But guess who they have in the backfield? They've yeah. got Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen back there. So I have a hard time believing that they'll ever – play with like and they've made some they've made some cff relevant wide receivers but they've also mm-hmm. been guys that are like again like these like 40 45 percent target share guys that just dominate and you get a, you get some of those you know xavier hutchinson was a guy like that last year for for iowa state like you get these guys occasionally but that's just their role Jahan Dotson was was, was there penn state um but like i unless he's one of those guys i'm just i'm worried that there's never a guy there that's totally intriguing with him there even though they we think they have the quarterback to mm-hmm. make that switch and and go that direction.
1: Yeah, and, and I do like what Mike Earscich typically does with the offense with the offense. I like the direction he's kind of moving with this, but I agree. I think this offense is going to be a little bit more run focused especially with a good offensive line coming back <laughs> knock on wood for the first time in I don't even know how long. Uh, uh a, a Yeah. Do one of those cross myself. Yeah, I I really wanted the Steelers to get him this year and he had to go back. Um, And and then, you know, a a true sophomore who will be getting his first start at quarterback. I I think we could see a little of them lean on the run a little bit more, especially given the talent back there. So I, I share your concerns with that.
0: You put Justin Lockhart on here, too. I mean, I don't know if you want to say a few words on him. They talked about him on CTN today, so I don't want to oh, okay.
1: double. Up I won't too go too in-depth on him then. On but yeah, way. Lockhart's a guy that I'm assuming is just going to step right into that, like Elijah Cook's role from last year on San Jose State. I think he'll be productive for CFF purposes. I think he technically has two years left if he wants it. I'm not 100% sure on that. But um, yeah, I think he and Chevin Cordero will be a nice pair this year at least
0: tight ends there's a couple interesting names i do not agree at all with the name you put
1: on here we can talk about that here in just a <laughs> second um, you just hate on all of the guys that i put on the list they don't, uh, byron they don't belong brown. in this range byron brown i don't like the name you put on this list omari I, evans i don't agree with the name you put on this list up here um who did i talk about earlier emory wilson i don't emory williams i don't really know if i agree with that jonah william wilson i don't know if i agree with that Everyone's got their hashtag Mike This is the dumbest but, thing you've said on the show.
0: No, I'm not making that mistake again. We've already been there, done that, and I had to pay Ricky for it. Ricky Pearsall. That, that phrase is retired, unless you really deserve it, which, I mean, you could at any given time.
1: But that That's fair. I'll give that up. But you have, at every opportunity, shit on the name that I've okay. put on this list. So okay, I'm, I'm Colin, in they convinced
0: so. me why C.J. Dupree, the, the tight end transfer from Maryland, Alabama, deserves to go in the mid-rounds of a draft. Explain it to me, please.
1: Uh, I mean, I think that he has some, he has more Debbie potential than a guy like RJ Maryland, um, you know, just given their size, I I think CJ Dupree is intriguing from a Debbie perspective. And I think he could be, you know, mildly productive as far as the tight end position goes at, at Alabama. We don't really love any of those receivers. Um, and if Tyler Buckner does end up winning that job, you know, he is comfortable targeting the tight end given his, you know the offense that they did with, uh, they had with mayor Tommy Reese is the one who's coming over from Notre Dame to Alabama. His offense has, has featured the tight end. Now I do think we talked about, you mentioned this in the slack where with tight ends in college production, it's come maybe a little bit chicken and egg where it may depend on the talent as to how much they're actually featured. There aren't a lot of offenses that actually feature the tight end year in and year out. So I will agree and concede the fact that C.J. Dupree is probably not the type of guy that you're going to feel good about force feeding targets at the tight end position. But at the same time, he's going to be a Bama tight end. They don't have a lot of the other options on that offense. And they have that offense has a history of using the tight end with Tommy Reese. So I think he's intriguing here.
0: I don't have him ranked for Debbie. At all, if that tells you what I think about him, and I thought he was very unimpressive in their spring game, too. Cameron Latu. Didn't he get drafted, did he? Yeah,
1: he did. He did got he drafted. On, I'm almost positive he got drafted on day two, but he's with the 49ers. There's
0: no way Cameron
1: Latu went day two. Uh, Round three, pick 101.
0: That's a worse pick than the kicker.
1: What You the can't fuck? see it. You couldn't see it, but I just gave Austin a middle finger. Double. Double barrel double barrels no wonder
0: people hated that 49ers draft so much they just wasted two day two picks on a kicker and the freaking cameron latu
1: stinks yeah but i think cj dupree dupree is better than than latu
0: i'll take it back i think uh that might be a worse pick than brenton strange and i've really ragged nice. on the brenton strange pick a lot over the past few weeks so, holy yeah. crap that's just terrible <laughs> this is what we we're talking about with nfl front offices earlier like cameron latu is like an undrafted free agent guy like literally yeah. I, that's baffling to me that, mm-hmm. that that that's intriguing to them at all um rj maryland is on here he's gonna be a cff guy i think yes. you know you, there's not a lot of legit cff options at tight end i am sm- mildly skeptical because i believe if i remember correctly he had like one or two really big games and the rest weren't great last year we'll see new quarterback they lose Rasheed Rice, we'll we'll see what happens with them. Uh Colston Loveland at, at, at Michigan, they again they talked about him on CTN today. We don't need to talk a lot about him. Um I don't know like the size is going to be a concern for him again. And I think he probably can get bigger than Maryland, but uh, can he be 240? And if not, is he kind of skilled enough to operate outside of that? I don't know. Mason Taylor, Jason Taylor's his dad I just realized he only changed one letter there. That's interesting. <laughs> um, literally just realized that. Um, See if
1: another brother, Basin. <laughs> I was gonna say, what, what, what are you gonna, where are you gonna go here?
0: Um, yeah, um, Jason Taylor, former Miami Dolphin edge. He, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer yet or not, but um, his kid, he flashed a little bit at the end of the year. Uh, and then the, the the holy grail of the mall is Rondé Gadsden Jr. And again, they talked about him a lot on CTN today. He got the position change. He's now listed a tight end. He's functionally a wide receiver and he's their best receiver by a mile. Like, yeah. Unless he gets injured this year, there's not a scenario where he doesn't finish tight end one. I'm sorry. There's not. He's going to get <laughs> peppered with targets, unlike any tight end out there. He's going to get targeted more heavily than Michael Mayer was targeted last year. Yeah. And that was Michael Mayer's call to fame, was just that he was getting peppered with targets. Yeah. Like, this is just a guy that would have been startable at wide receiver. And now you get to start him at tight end. So, yeah. cheat good guy, if he's available, I honestly would take him third or fourth round, but he'll he'll be sitting there in league, so pay attention to him. I Syracuse. I
1: probably would too. Um, my question though for you, in and, and we know we're talking sub but in an actual startup, um, somebody asks. I, I got a DM. Um, somebody's asking me about like where I would, you know, the seventh round. I think they said is the seventh round too early for Gadsden in a startup, and I said yes. Because I don't really target tight ends that often. Uh, I typically punt that position for a while. But I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are, if if that's like too early, or where you would consider him in a startup.
0: I I would take him there, as long as you hadn't drafted a tight end before. I just think he's going to be such a CFF cheat code. And I think the nice thing about him is that, realistically, you don't need to then it allows you to allocate resource. Like even though you're, you know, it's a seventh round pick. It, it's kind of early. you now really don't have to have them. many other tight ends on that roster. If you don't want, like you don't need to kind of have some of those back filling, you know, maybe CFF tight end options. You can pretty much just grab like two, two Debbie guys that you like and roll with that. So okay. I think he actually gives you, even though you're spending a slightly earlier pick, I think he gives you a ton of flexibility. Hmm. And I think he's again, I think he's gonna be very, very good this year. So Gadston. Uh, yeah, seventh round is probably sixth, seventh round, late sixth round. And seventh round is probably where I'd be okay. fine with him, depending on how the board has fallen. And again, like tight end premium, two tight end, some of this stuff, like then I think he's a smash there. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. But no NFL upside. I, I think he's not an NFL player. I've seen a couple of, of folks kind of hyping him up, and I just don't get it at
1: all. But um, okay. I agree with that.
0: Who, who's to say? Um, all right, Colin, uh, freshman profiles. We've got two. I guess we do want to talk Dylan Rayola real quick. First fall off from Dylan Rayola's yeah. commitment. We have a pay, uh, a YouTube video up. Go ahead and watch it. Uh, Rayola top quarterback in extras class was committed to Ohio state decommitted in December, uh, has, was basically between USC, Nebraska, and Georgia committed today to Georgia. Um, so I think the main takeaway I'm actually taking from this is actually not Dylan Rayola related. It's that Malachi Nelson, like we don't have to worry about some guy coming. And I think Nelson's a better player than him. Um, but we don't have to worry about that. So I think that's my big takeaway. Uh, what's your, what's your big
1: takeaway, Colin? So I haven't watched Rayola yet. I haven't watched anybody in the 2024 recruiting class yet. I'm not part of the recruiting team. Takes me a little while to start to get into some of these guys. Um, so I won't really comment too much on him as a player, but the, uh, the 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 point that I'll make here is I don't think he's going to be a guy that you're going to want for CFF purposes. Like I, just in that Georgia offense, like I don't think I'm ever going to want to start Dylan Rayola at Georgia. And, you know, people will point to Stetson Bennett, some of the stats that he had. Um, from what I understand about Rayola, he's not a runner like uh, Stetson Bennett kind of was, so I don't think you're going to get that production with the legs. So I don't think you're going to really want him for CFF purposes. And then, how has Georgia done recently developing some of these top guys they've got? Not all that well. How
0: how many guys that they've gotten recently have we considered like actually like top quality? Like they've gotten guys like Brock Vandergriff. We did not like Brock group as a group. They got Gunnar Stockton. We were lukewarm on Gunnar Stockton. I, I, they had Justin Fields is the one argument mm-hmm. you can make, and they totally botched that whole thing with Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, they, it's not like they've gotten guys where we're like, yes, like that's the guy. I, Rayola, I think, is better than any quarterback
1: they've gotten recently, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I haven't watched him, but I would assume so. I mean, everybody else tells me he is. So people that I trust. Um but yeah, I mean I don't I don't know. I, I think there's a little bit of risk there. So I will he'll probably end up being my QB one in the class, but maybe next year might not be a year that I'm targeting quarterbacks.
0: Uh I Rayola graded out disappointingly for me. Um he wouldn't have even been the top a top two guy in this year's class. Um, okay. obviously he has his senior year still, so that's not a final grade by any stretch, but um I don't get the hype hype about him. Good player you know uh, tier one be graded right into it but I I think there's some struggles there and I think he's got very heavy feet even though he can move around a little bit he's not really what i call elusive so um I think George is the perfect spot for him I said Nebraska yeah. would have been fun just because they they I think Matt roll is really kind of building something there and that would have really mm-hmm. kick-started it but Georgia kind of, you know, they brought a new OC, but they want to do the same things like push the ball downfield, be aggressive. That's kind of his bread and butter. So um, I think it's actually a really good band-y spot for him. So uh, we'll, we'll see what he does there. Okay. Freshman profiles, Colin, let's knock these out uh, here and then get everybody out of here. Uh, who have you chosen to talk
1: about tonight? I have chosen to talk about Isaiah of uh, running back, going to Arkansas uh, he was, you know, a, a riser throughout the recruiting process, ended up at the RB 21 in the composites. He's a four-star guy, decent offer sheet, but only took one visit it's Arkansas all the way signed in December. Um, and he's a tall running back. He's listed at six, at least on 24, seven, he's listed at 6'2, 195 pounds. Um, so he's tall, kind of lean. I think he can add some weight, but I do think he's always going to be a little bit of a leaner back. Um, just given his frame and his height, he's got very good long speed, uh, clocked at 21.7 miles per hour, very good long speed, routinely outruns defenders. He also gets the top speed pretty quickly. So he's got some good bursts to him. Uh, he's a little bit more fluid than sudden, um, as an athlete, but he has a little bit of shiftiness there. Uh, but he's an upright runner. He, he bends more at the waist when he takes on contact rather than like dropping the pad level, um, you know, so that's a, a little bit of a concern with me. Uh, I, uh, he kind of, he doesn't run with a lot of power behind his pads. And I think a lot of it is because of the way he, his lean build uh, and the way that he kind of leans forward uh, rather than dropping his weight. Um, but Agustave, I think is going to be a good fit in Arkansas I wouldn't expect him to do much of anything this year. Raheem Sanders probably headed off to the NFL, you know, and then you're kind of looking at A.J. Green, maybe still there, Rashad Dabinian, and Isaiah Gustav. And I think he is right in the mix with those guys in terms of talent. So we could see him step up and, and carve out a nice role there, especially given his athleticism. Uh, He does have to improve his pass-catching ability. I haven't really – he only had one catch in his career, Um, so he's pretty much an unknown in that area. But I I like Augustav. Uh, I cooled on him a little bit throughout the process uh, because I'm not sure if I see him being anything more than a committee back at the NFL level. I think he has uh, the athleticism and the rushing ability to be an NFL running back, but my concern is what the uh, what that ceiling is with him, and I'm just, I'm not quite sure that it's there.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like him a lot, and I think uh, like those Arkansas guys, they are just really uh, every every guy that they kind of get there offensively has a very intriguing athletic skill set. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, um, I I am a big fan. I have him top ten in the class uh sit this year it'll be interesting to watch that battle with debinion and, and him and, and some of these other guys over the next uh couple of years but yeah he is in my opinion a, a very good player um and i i think i agree with most of your assessment there definitely needs to bulk up but i think the frame's oh. there so look at that look at you agreeing with me i know i didn't even have to. I wasn't even obligated tonight yeah so.
1: you didn't even tell me i picked a terrible freshman in this section
0: you know, the rest of your picks have been so bad tonight that you could have picked about anybody here, and I would have thought it was at least acceptable, Okay. So, uh, if we're being honest. I chose Keetra Criscano, the old Miss running back, a guy that I think has gotten lost in the <laughs> shuffle a little bit in this class to the point where we didn't even really talk about him last week in the first uh, few rounds uh, segment of, of supplemental drafts he was a late riser here for the services six he's listed at six foot 210 on on ole miss's website that's up from like 195 as she was listed on 24 7. so even if that's a couple pounds off i'm still uh feeling pretty good about about the size here at this point he finishes the rb8 uh rushed for like four hundred forty five hundred 4500 yards uh, in high school it was it was highly highly productive um Polynesian Bowl went there, was a standout. Like, just him, him Malachi Coleman, and, and uh, Nico kind of stood out uh, amongst the players there. But I think the big thing for him is that he's one of the better receivers in this class, and at 210, that's awesome. So I think he can establish himself early at Ole Miss. They have Judkins there, obviously, but they do lose Zach Evans, and the other backs they have there are iffy, to put it mildly. So I think that he has a really big chance to kind of kind of start getting snaps that way and then grow uh, into a bigger role where I think he can kind of finish as an RB2 for them by the end of the year. Um, he, I, I think they can use him however they want as a receiver. I, I think he can even do more than just dump-offs and screens and stuff. So uh, get him in the open field, let him run. And then as a runner, I think he's pretty good too. I mean, uh, he's got some power. He's got some pop behind his pads. He's got pretty good athletic ability um contact balance is solid uh, he's pretty thick like he's got that really nice rb build so i, I really really go that about him i think he can do work in short yardage situations just fine um i, I think ideally he's kind of a one cut runner he's not a guy that you're necessarily you know Le'Veon bell ish where you want him kind of doing that shuffle up to the line of scrimmage reading lanes running in power and gap you just kind of want him maybe more in zone concepts at least early in his career. I think he's definitely a guy that I'm looking at in second round of supplementals. Um, And I think if something were to happen to Judkins, we could see him rush for 1200 yards in the sec, you know, not quite as good as Judkins, but I I think he's a very good player. So a guy that's getting slept on, I believe he's my RB six in the class. And that was what he finished as our, uh, for our group and our
1: supplemental guide. Um, But yeah, really, really good player. Yeah, I like Riscano. Like you said, that there's definitely an opportunity there for him to carve out a role this year. I mean, we saw last year uh, this offense ran a ton. Don't think they're going to run quite that much, but Judkins is going to get his, and you don't have to worry about that, but there is plenty left over for another running back, and I think that could be Riscano this year. Um, so I I like that call uh, with Riscano. I, I do think he's being slept on a little bit too.
0: All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Make sure you're checking out everything that we have to offer over at campus Uh, The podcast feed, guys, still bumping. Chasing the Natty, Campus Life, Back to Debbie, Debbie Debate, Canton Bound, Future Freshmen, and The Official all on there every single week. Yeah, that's right. We have seven shows weekly for you, something for you every day. So go ahead, check that out. Leave us a review. Five stars. Tell us whatever you want. Really, really helps us uh i will be back later this week colin congratulations to you from everybody at c2c
1: thank you except for me yes thank you you object i know exactly until
0: next time guys i am austin
1: and this is colin and have a good one